Welcome to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari Shrike, the artist and creator behind Not Sorry Art and Not Sorry Art School. I'm so excited to talk art and creativity with you. So grab a drink, grab a snack, and let's dive in. Hey y'all, I just put out a seven week free painting boot camp. Don't be intimidated. We're not doing any kinds of burpees or running. This boot camp is all for your painting muscles. So in this boot camp, it's seven days of quick bite-sized lessons between 20 and 30 minutes with assignments for each days. And don't be intimidated by the assignments. They have all different levels. Whenever I explain this, I always try to get people to picture those 80s workout videos where they have the person in the middle doing the main exercise, a beginner level and an expert level. That's kind of how we set up the program so it'll meet you wherever you're at. I'm really proud of this course. So far people are absolutely loving it. Again, it's free. If you're interested, please check out the show notes under free seven day painting boot camp. In this boot camp, we're learning the fundamentals of painting representationally, things like composition, drawing, value, color, light, and style. So if that sounds interesting to you, please check out the boot camp. Like I said, it's free. Tell me if you enjoy it. Let me know. I always appreciate all this feedback. And as always, happy painting. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari. Thanks for being here. Today, I am so lucky to introduce you guys and get to chat with the founder of Smile Cult. If you're on TikTok, especially art market TikTok, I'm sure you're already very familiar with Sandy and her amazing content, videos, and how generous she is with her knowledge. On today's episode, I share our experience with art markets and fairs, what to expect before signing up, how location can play a pivotal role in the success or not of your market, and how to budget for events that can include a lot of upfront costs. Sandy and I also discussed the history of her brand, which has gained notoriety for their clever acronyms that bring new positive meaning to words that were commonly associated with derogatory feminine descriptions. Words like slut, hoe, and milf have been refashioned into positive affirmations of self-love under Smile Cult's touch, and it's made for a design that resonates with many. Be sure to check out Smile Cult in the show notes if you want to have a visual understanding of what we're talking about. I know you guys are going to appreciate today's episode, especially if you've ever been curious about what goes into an art market or you want to really up your art market game. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoy the episode and take care. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I have been a fan of you for a long time. I, I love your TikToks. I think you are just very funny and very unique in what you sell and how you, you do everything. And I've always wanted to chat. I've always wanted to chat with you. So I, again, appreciate you being here. I want to start, I want to dive in real quick if I can. Um, just asking you like how you got to where you are now, like what made you decide to start making shirts? What inspires your very cheeky and like creative designs? Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, for sure. And thank you. I'm such a big fan of you. I like, I absolutely love how you just like carry yourself and your brand. And, um, and I, I just like feel comfortable when around you now and like with your content. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I actually am a self-taught designer. I used to be a preschool teacher. Um, I think I was 23 to like 25 26 and I loved the kids I kind of fell into it like I graduated college with zero direction like I I graduated and I'm like well we'll figure it out I guess and then I fell into like after school teaching and that evolved into preschool and then 
I hit 25 and I'm like having a quarter life crisis. I I was unhappy and I'm like, and I, I was kind of known as the art teacher um, at the school. So definitely like crafty and artsy and drawing and stuff. So I wanted to pursue that in some way. And I feel like a lot of people, they assume art is only like paintings or um, like, I didn't, I, that's how I thought of it. I didn't know there's like graphic design or just like so many aspects to it. Um, so then I got into like this graphic design mini program, like it was a community college and I ended up dropping out because one of my professors was like, um, basically failing me. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So at this point I'm like, 27 28 and then I'm like you know what I still want to learn uh so I just like University of YouTube and taught myself pretty much and then I built like a little portfolio and I found like a little internship and then I found my first design job and then I was really unhappy there um so I quit about two years ago uh 2021 and it's sort of in the middle of the pandemic and it was like one of the scariest things that the biggest risks I, I was lucky that I am living at home with my parents. So that gave me the freedom to invest in myself and like take that leap. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been playing around with my art style. Again, I think it's harder when you're like self-taught because you're just trying to emulate the people you look up to. So it's like, I always felt like I wanted to be marketable and commercial enough to get gigs or like get um, clients and things, but it just didn't feel, it didn't come natural to me. So when I started designing for Smile Call, I just drew from inspiration of my personal mental health and just like my personal struggles and the affirmations were the big thing with me just because my love language is words of affirmation. So I wanted to give that to other people and just like encourage people to prioritize and love themselves first type of thing. And it it has evolved from there. Um, and now I'm in a space where the business is self-sufficient. I'm hoping to finally go off on my own and love my parents, but yes. <laughs> I need my own space. <laughs> oh, um, I love yeah. that. That's such yeah, a, it's yeah. such a beautiful journey. And like, even all of the things that I'm sure like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like in the moment probably seemed like kind of heartbreaking, like having a professor reject you. I know like for brevity's sake, we, we glossed over that, but that is a major hit, especially when you are kind of like, you identify with being kind of artsy and then you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and get like the proper art education. And your experience is someone who has that like authority and power to some degree, like reject you yeah. in that way like I just want to like majorly condemn you like or not condemn you condone you the opposite oh my gosh pardon so no I wanted to I want I wanted to like give you so much credit though because like that's such a hard thing to do and I hope like I'm sure you know now like um you know by being a success and resonating with people the way you do and like what you said later you know in your, your, um, explanation, like a lot of your art resonates around affirmation and self-love and being tender and kind to yourself. I'm wondering if like that, because you had to maybe be like, so aware of that, if that's why it filtered out through your art and like, you have a really strong sense of design and art. And I think that's why you're so successful, but I wonder if like having to 
go through kind of that struggle is like part of how you came up with like this lightning in a bottle art, you know, design thing that you're, you're doing. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think subconsciously it's that I'm speaking like truly like what I feel inside about it. And it, it was inspired by that because I, I, I think that's like one thing I tell new artists or people who are trying to freelance and things. It's like, you, you really should do things that just come natural to you that it you're not forcing yourself to like fit into like a niche or something because it's you're gonna burn out you're you're gonna hate your work and that's what I was feeling when I was at my design job that um when you work around people who don't know how to give you constructive criticism too it just like it weighs you down so like if you consistently are putting yourself in spaces with people who don't know how to appreciate you or your art or don't put value on your work especially social media design which is what I was doing like it's so um like it doesn't last long so a lot of people don't want to put value on it because it's like well it's going to be gone tomorrow and it's then you start feeling worthless like all these things so um go with all that feeling designing for smile call I was just like not in a good headspace and then at the same time I want to encourage other people uh, especially new artists or new small business owners like it's scary it's a long ride but if you hold on and <laughs> go through with it it's it's like worth it yeah, absolutely. And that's something else that I really admire about your presence online, you know, kind of meeting you even just now and here, like all of it kind of makes sense because you share so much that feels like a lot of people can treat it really like proprietary, like exactly how you print things and where you get like, we're even like down to like your suppliers and you're always encouraging people to like, Hey, if you have an idea and you have a passion, like, here's how I do it here. I can help you. And I always admire that in other people, not to say that everyone needs to do that, you know, messages that you print on your shirt all the way to the fact that you're very generous with your knowledge. Um, you share about like where you you buy things and how you make things. And I feel like that's just like talking with you now, it, it totally makes sense. So one thing about your, your brand and how you show up online is that you're very generous with not only like your messaging, but I've noticed that you're incredibly generous with sharing how you make things, how you make merchandise, tips about like craft fairs and art fairs. I'm wondering like, is that part like you know it's it's so easy for artists to want to be really like secretive about their art a little bit and I, I totally understand why it's like really hard to make it as an artist but I'm curious what makes you so inspired to just like be so generous with your knowledge yeah honestly I think because I I had no idea where to start myself no one in my family has any business or art background at all so I've been used to having to figure things out on my own even like growing up we kind of like figured it out uh we applied for college on our own we signed up for classes on our own like everything ha that's have has been is in me mm -hmm. um but I know there's people who want to get started but really don't have the resources especially people who specifically look like me who can relate to me my story my everything um, 
who might not know where to start. So I think I think about folks like that and I want to be able to help. I think another thing about like, it's not gonna hurt my business if I tell people where to buy prints or where to, you know, buy tote bags or shirts and things, you know, at the end of the day, like we could have the same resources and one of us is still gonna be successful because it's your brand, you know, like that, even like at markets, I don't, I used to get really intimidated when I first started, like, oh my God, how many people are like selling t-shirts or selling art prints and things like that, you know, and then you compare your setup to them and everything. And then at the end of the day, that really doesn't matter. Like I, it's, it's okay. that, And that's why I encourage people to just start with what they have um, and if that means you can only afford a small amount of inventory, okay, that's fine. Like, just get started, you know. But I think with the rise of TikTok, it's become even more intimidating for people to want to get started because they just see small businesses blow up overnight with tens and thousands of sales. And it's just like, there is so much that goes into that and like, see that it's okay to start small and to start somewhere and this is how I got started if you want here it is and then you could you know figure it out and go from there you know so it's I guess it's more just trying to um help people get started that's one of my biggest things is just start you know yeah, I, I love that. And I think that's, you know, such a good, like, it makes sense when you talk about your background. And I know that you, you know, you live in Southern California. Is that right? Or are you in LA? Yeah, LA. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of that, like community and your artwork. And, you know, one, I want to ask you more about art fairs. But before we pivot, I want to, you know, kind of just reinforce what you're saying. Because, you know, as a painter, there's literally nothing like proprietary or unique about taking a canvas and putting color on it. Like anyone can do that. I even think like <laughs> there's like the, they have art where like elephants do that at the zoo and they sell it like for fundraisers for zoo. So like anyone can do it. And yet, and yet it's only you can make, you know, I only, I can make Sari art. Only you can make Sandy art. You know, it's you and, and, you know, if we want to make it a little less Mr. Rogers and a little more applicable, it's only you and your brand, right? It's not, it's like, it's special because it's you, but if you, like, I think you've done really well, if you sort of make your brand about your story and your message and like what you said earlier, what comes easiest to you, that's what makes you special. Not having like the biggest supplier or the fanciest setup or, you know, anything. Yeah, yeah. I was just like helping people, helping people see that, especially from people who have some success in the art world. Uh, I think it's really like reassuring, um, comforting to to hear that from someone that like, wow, they also started with nothing or humble beginnings, and that means I can do it too, you know, because before going into this all you do is compare your work to people on social media their polished work and and you just like are so hard on yourself but it's just like no it's it's okay to start off with a ten dollar printer like you'll figure (laughs) it out eventually you know and it's like if we just wait until we're perfect like you're just never gonna get started so yes wise words I I 
Totally. I agree with that. You've said it beautifully. If we can pivot a little bit into talking about art fairs, this is something that in the last like year or so I, you know, I've known about art fairs forever. I've done my fair share of, of them and they're always very hit or miss. Like my approach at this point is I factor it into the marketing part of my budget as an artist. And in that I don't like, I never make sure rent is dependent on my art. (laughs) I've just been burnt back when I had like a very tight budget years ago. And and so now I like, I treat them a little different. I'm a little bit selective, but I know, you know, I see you do a lot of markets and you seem to do a really good job at them. You, You make a lot of really great content. I'm curious if you can give me sort of your insight into like mentally your approach to markets, but if you would be willing to share kind of like financially, like how you, you don't have to do numbers or anything, but like how you financially approach markets in a way that might help other artists. Yeah, for sure. So when I first started markets, it was 2021. And that's, I started my business like live with a website, um, June, 2021. Yeah. June. And then I started in like September with markets no idea like what how much inventory to take I feel like question from people is like how much do you think I should take to a market or invest um the markets that I was first getting into the vendor fees to participate were between like 80 to like 120 150 but back then I wasn't selling merch so I was selling a lot of low item stuff I think the most expensive thing I was selling was uh, my affirmation decks and those were $15. So it just like, I wasn't, I was making enough, but not enough that like I could sustain myself. I was still like freelancing and I had like other jobs. Um, I'd say I really took off with craft markets was when I started selling uh, apparel. Mm -hmm. So last year I started with sweaters and then I started incorporating that in my markets. And then I saw like a change in uh, how much I was bringing in. And then that started inspiring me too. It eventually it, it grew into what it is now. And I think like my biggest tip for people who want to start markets is it's okay to start small and start with whatever art you want to sell and then like pick up tips. Like when I first started, my setup was not the greatest. I did not invest a lot in it. And then of course you see people with like full displays and things like that. And that might make you not want to apply or you don't feel like worthy enough and stuff, but if people love your art, they're going to show up for you, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much since then, I, then I did like this really big event last year and the more events, the bigger the events got, the pricier they got, like, Mm -hmm. um, I do, well, have you ever done like Renegade Craft and? No, I've done other art fair. And so I know the, uh, you know, putting the thousands of dollars down, uh, a dilemma. Yeah. So yeah, they, they can get much like anything. They can go from being pretty inexpensive to very, very much an investment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely only invest in the markets that I know my demographic is there. Like I'm not going to pay $800 for a market in Orange County. Like here, Orange County is super conservative republican like 
I know not like I'm just not going to thrive there, you know, but to me, like paying that much in San Francisco or somewhere where like it's it's people will like receive my art, then it's worth it in that sense, you know, but it's also been a trial and error. Like I did smaller markets kind of everywhere to see like where I really vibe. And I learned that I'm, I'm just not going to do well in certain parts, you know? Um, so I've gotten to a point where I have specific markets that I only do. And they're pretty much like my monthly, uh, markets that I do and my income um, the majority of my sales does come from markets right now nice. um, so yeah it's currently a lot of San Francisco shows so I do travel a lot I'm actually going back up this weekend nice. um, but yeah it's it's fun and it's been just like a big learning process and curve and again a lot of the things that I've learned from craft markets has been the online community and meeting people in person, making friends with my vendor neighbors or just other small businesses and things. And I and I always encourage people who are just getting into markets to make friends because you like small businesses have each other's back. They're all like, have you done this market? And they're like, I did. This is why I don't like it. This is why you should maybe apply. You know, it's just like then you get that type of feedback and that is super helpful as well you know like I wouldn't have done certain markets had I not had people helping me in that sense you know so yeah I feel like there's so much that was such great advice in in that and like so many different things I want to speak to you know but I think the first thing you mentioned was you know how you're learning about it sounds like you know you're doing basically market research like the information you're gaining just by like trial and error is so valuable. And if you think about how most people either take out loans for school, or it can be a big kind of investment, like, you know, yeah. you can either go that route, which might work for some people, or you can, you know, take sort of the risk. And admittedly, there is a layer of financial risk to it, but take the risk and do the trial and error like you did. Like you said, you tried out different markets, you learned where your art sells well, like that's, you know, you're explaining it to me like that. But for me, my marketing mind is like market research. That's, that's so legit and that's so smart and that's so wise of you um and then I also wanted to kind of speak to the the networking thing or like being friends and making art friends I that's I almost feel like some art shows have like summer camp vibes and like even though like yes. maybe look even I've got good <laughs> I got good pictures like one thing I do is I will get a buddy and um I'll say if you take candids of me with my customers I'll take candids of you and at the end of the market we'll send each other and then you have like Instagram posts and like some mm -hmm. people pay photographers a couple thousand dollars to do that so like there's so many different ways you can um get value out of markets that isn't just like your bottom line. And I think, you know, in explaining that, like, I know that I'm even like writing down notes. I think that's so, so wise. And there's so much great advice there. Yeah, definitely. Like you, like I do that too. I'll, I'll find a vendor friend or, you know, it's always the, if you have to use the bathroom, let me know kind of buddy. <laughs> it starts there and then it evolves into like maybe an art trade. And then you, you become online friends and then like, hey, I saw this market, I thought of you, or like, you know, just so many. And then I've had a lot of vendor friends, or I mean, I consider them friends now, but we met at markets, like talk to other people about me and I'll get messages like, hey, so-and-so told me about your work. We'd like to collaborate, things like that. And it's just been really nice to 
be supported by like the small business community. And I, and I feel like that's why I also want to contribute so much because a lot of the info that I give out about starting or, you know, resources, they're being asked by people who kind of have their foot in already, but don't know like which way to go so, or what to invest in type of thing. Um, so that's why I'm always like really happy to like contribute that information as best as I can. You know, I always like disclaimer, I don't yeah. have like all the right answers type of thing, but like, you know, it's kind of like big sister energy. Like you want to help as much as you can, but like be honest at the same time. And yeah, yeah but that's I love really that. friends. <laughs> yeah. 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 Big sister energy. No, I think that's fantastic. And I, I, I really like what you said about like, do, you know, doing your research, you know, because an unfortunate truth is like, you know, the art markets are great. And I know that some art markets, the people who run it, you can tell that they're really interested in the artists and that's always great, but not yeah. all art markets are like that. Sometimes yeah. people are there for their bottom line and it kind of, you can tell sometimes. And so the advice about doing your research, I think really rings true because I know, like, I think it was earlier this year, there was, um, I think it was Renegade Art Fair, but it was in Austin and it was during South by, which is like a very tricky time to be in Austin. Like the locals sort of know that like everyone leaves town and it's, and they had it on like a second story and they didn't do a lot of marketing for it. And yeah, it, I had some friends who did it. It's, and it, yeah. I think it was rough. I think it was a bad turnout. And so like, it's, you know, you never want to, it's always tough because the responsibility is in kind of both in the, the vendors and the people obviously running it have a tremendous amount of responsibility to promote because they're taking the money and it can get tricky. Yeah. But I, I think what you said about like, doing your research and knowing your market is really helpful. Another very quick example is I did um, an art fair that was kind of a big investment for me in Dallas. And I didn't realize that was like a big interior design hub. Well, my art is very garish and pink. <laughs> and it was, I made friends, but it was uh, definitely, I should have done more research. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that too. And then it's also like, for example, like the Renegade one, they're they're like a household name already. So you kind of already expect them to have it together or create a space where it's like we want everyone to succeed type of thing. And I mean, yeah, I definitely heard a lot of like rookie things were uh, messed up. And, you know, they had a lot of like veteran vendors as well, like big, big um, names, too. So. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. I felt really bad. And I feel like having that event, it really also kind of scared a lot of other vendors as well, like yeah. to even apply for their future markets or um, applying to big festivals like that. Yeah. Um, like those are huge risks. Like I just, I actually just got into Outside Lands. It's a music festival. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, thank you. And I did it last year and the vendor fee, it's like, it's not a mystery. It's 3000 pretty mm -hmm. much for three days from mm -hmm. like 10 to 11 PM back to back. It's a lot of work. Um, and if it's, if you're, I, I would kind of say like lucky cause you just don't know, like some of yeah. these events, like you just really don't know it's a good turnout or not or you know like if the weather is permit like there's a lot of elements that go into a successful market so if all goes well and you have a good turnout then it really is a good um investment um but you know there's people who 
like I didn't know this until I saw it last year it's a music festival like people don't want to be it's not a regular craft market although it's um advertised as one but people don't want to carry around stuff they they're there to see a show they're not gonna want to buy like $500 jewelry or something because that's kind of scary or um, it's gonna get lost like you're drunk you're things like that or they're not gonna really buy like ceramic pieces or so you know it's just yeah. like all these things but like you wouldn't know until you're there, you know, and if I, um, like mainly my stuff is apparel, so it's a little more like marketable and like easy to carry on, around and stuff, but like those lessons can be really, really expensive. Um, and like these big events can be like such a hit or miss. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, like, and it, yeah. Oh, like, it's tough too. Cause like, it's, you know, you always want to be careful because, you know, a risk for someone who's already kind of in a precarious situation can be pretty, you know, some people, they're robust enough, they can kind of take that risk, but not everyone is. And so it's always tough giving advice about markets because you have to sit down and be like, well, are you okay? Can you, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky to give advice, but on, yeah. the, on that note, I will say, um, do you have, before we kind of switch over to like more about your specific apparel, do you have any like rapid fire, like tips for art fairs? I will give my one good one um, is always have a, an email list and like, be con like ask people to put their email like you don't have to beg them or anything but just hey I have an email list if you you know if you're busy your hands are full like you know if you want to come back and look at something here's my website put your email down um that's my like one go-to piece of advice but do you have any rapid fire advice I think for me the biggest um thing is your setup like don't think to make it more accessible if anything functional and, and accessibility is uh, should be your number one priority even like I think there's a lot of people they assume they need the big bulky displays and things like that like you want people to be able to come to your space and feel like they're not um being watched I guess because a lot of people have like their their table like right in front of the entrance and then like you're sitting there <laughs> and it's kind of intimidating you know yeah. so it's I think prioritize creating a space where it's like comfy but you're you know you're still keeping an eye on people um and you do not need to invest in the thousand dollar wooden displays and all all of that it looks good but you really don't have to um I've had instances where like the I have plastic bins like where I put my my clothes I put I use them as mini tables and I put like tote bags on them. Oh. I've never gotten a complaint and I sell tote bags. Like, yeah. you know, like if people like it, they're going to grab it. You know, it doesn't, we're worrying about, you know, making sure everything's super, super polished. Um, it's really uh, setting you back a little bit. Just focus on your product, you as, you know, a seller and creating like a, a comfy environment for your customers. I think that's like what I try to really encourage people. 
Yeah, that, no, that's really good. I think that probably is going to help people with taking a little pressure off because you're totally right. I've seen that in my experience. You don't have to go all out in your setup. If you have the time and space and you want to, you know, use it as a marketing material, that's great, but it's by no means like a, a standard that you have to set for yourself. I think that's, that's such good advice. I want to talk about your shirts. Speaking of art that can totally sell itself, your shirts, your tote bags, like I, I love them. So I, I'm going to link your website and all of, all of your wonderful stuff in the show notes, but I, like many people, I'm sure have fallen in love with your acronym shirts. And what I love about them is there are these like kind of cutting edge words like slut, but then it's an acronym and it has like sensitive, loving, overthink. I just think they're so sweet and so cute. And I, I wonder like how that idea came to you and yeah, if you could just tell me more about these awesome designs, very unique. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So um, before the, I think I, the slut shirt really set it off. That was like the big one. Um, but before that, I, I had like a two or three shirts and they were really cute. It was the thinking about crying and the crying and trying bear. Um, and then I got back from Outside Lands and I was with my friend and I mean, we're just like beat and I'm just, I got really inspired um after that market and so I'm just like shooting ideas like every time I do a market I always um come back inspired like even now I I've always used markets as like testing so I'll like soft launch designs and then I'm like okay this got attention this didn't you know type of thing um so after that market I um, I don't know what it was. I just thought of the word slut. And then I'm all like, I kind of want to do like a little slogan with the word slut, but I couldn't like the words were too, the letters were too awkward and like, it wasn't making sense. And then my friend, she's like, why don't you do something like a, like an acronym? Like, I don't know if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I'm not, not a lot, but I know of him. I'm in the zeitgeist. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so they, I don't know if I could say this, but they, they have a word. It's charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Oh, so cool. C-U-N-T basically. Yeah. Um, you're fine. You're good. But it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cunt basically. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's like positive, you know, but it's just like, that's, you know, the, the word and, and like that whole thing. So um, I like pretty much got in, inspired by that and then uh combining like the message of the brand and stuff so uh yeah it's kind of just started from there I was just thinking of words after that just like ho and then horny and you know things like that and then I get um customers giving me words as well they're like oh will you ever do this word or, and it's just <laughs> it's like crowdsourcing so at this point <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because like you'll like walk into my booth and it's so normal conversation to like oh excuse me did you do you have more slut shirts yeah. like where's the and it's just like <laughs> and it's just like hey, yeah hold on hold on I got you know it's just um I just think it's really cool how it's been like embraced and the people who get it get it I don't have to explain myself um and sometimes I get like a little um nervous like if I do a market that I don't know like a parent is going to complain or something um but the markets that I've been doing I I haven't run into that but at the same time I'm like it's literally letters and it is like what it is like it's not yeah. what you think it is you know like yeah yeah 
I don't know. So um yeah, that's that has that's sort of like how it started and like how it's going right now. Yeah. Well, I love how like your trajectory, like we started with a little bit of a childcare background and now still in kind of this meta way, you're like concerned for the children a little bit, or maybe not, you know, just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're good. I think if they can read, you know, the, the point should be that they can read, right. You know, they can read the whole thing, but I, uh, exactly. no, I love it. I think the whole vibe is so like, it's, I love it. It's very implemented. It's like of your brand and that it's, you know, it's kind of this like slightly abrasive at first, but then you're like, oh no, but it's sensitive and loving. And I, I think that that's the uniqueness, the cuteness, the creativity. I think all of it makes sense. And, you know, I think for me, I always feel like there's not a huge line between like graphic design and merchandise and like fine art. And like, it would make like people take their kids to museums all the time and they have like, you know, naked bodies and all kinds of, you know, Guernica. I mean like that. And so I don't know. That's my personal take. Not everyone's going to feel like that, but it's art. And I feel like it's art that you can wear and it's expressive. So I feel like you definitely get the creative license to like, you know, make what you like and not worry about that. But yeah. I, yeah. I if I ever run into them, like, have you ever been to a museum? Yeah, <laughs> That's it's so art. True. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I totally. Yeah. And I'm so I'm curious. So obviously it resonates with a lot of people. It's not just me who loves them. And by the way, I like, I want to, I'm going to have to get one after this episode, but I've been wanting to buy one forever because like I do like kid drop off and stuff. And like, if I ever get caught in the car line, <laughs> I just want to, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> it's so cute, but clearly I'm not the only one who loves them. I, I don't, I think it was like maybe a year ago, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's been a while, but that one, I think the slut shirt specifically, did it, it went viral, but it wasn't attributed to you. And then like, as the internet does, then there became knockoffs. Can you tell me about that yeah. process and what that felt like to have that happen? Yes, for sure. So it was the end of last year. And I remember the day so like, specifically because I had a market that day and it was, it was a two day market in San Francisco. It was a renegade, their holiday market. And those are usually um, pretty busy and I was doing it by myself. So Saturday did the market pull. And then Sunday, as I'm driving to my market, I have friends who are um, DMing me and messaging me like, Hey, did you see this? And I don't have Twitter, so I was just, like, not in the loop. And I'm like, no, what is this? And it was the shirt, and it was being reshared. And I was like, the first time I've ever seen... Um, at that point, I've had my sh- that shirt for, like, three or four months, you know? So any sort of, like, uh, love or hype that I got was only, like, at markets, you know? Yeah. So then um, people were sharing it and yes they were it wasn't being credited they eventually did credit it which is really nice um but I was I remember being at the market for the rest of the day and hearing people like I just saw this on Twitter I just saw this on Twitter and I'm like whoa like it was it was just like surreal like cool (laughs) and then but you know being a small business you're really limited in like your inventory and i'm very like i'm one person i i make everything um so i have to limit my numbers on my website and people were ordering online as well and i wasn't ready for that traffic so it was like extremely nerve-wracking and um i i um 
ordered more inventory like that day, like just getting ready to pack these orders and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the most uh, like online crazy. And honestly, I didn't even make that many. I think like I'm so used to seeing people go viral. They have like 700, a thousand sales. I, I honestly, I had maybe like a hundred, but to me, that was a lot. That's that, really that's was. overwhelming if you're not set up for it. And then also exactly. as like a business owner, there's also the expectation, like you, how do you tell order number 98? Like, Hey, I have to wait for the stuff to get in here. And you know, and exactly. that's, it's, it's yeah. stressful. Right. So like, it was the stress of that. And then I had another big market a week later. Cause it's, uh, it's my peak time for like craft markets. Holiday, so yeah. it was just like a lot. And it's just like, I mean, you have to buy all these things, you know, ahead of time, you have to know the quantity of all that. So it's just like a lot of upfront money that you definitely need um, in order to, you know, fulfill all of these orders and stuff. Um, so yeah, that happened. And then I, the people like knocking it off. And then I heard it was like, bots and stuff. And, you know, at first, it was like, scary and confusing and then I'm at a point now where I'm like I mean I can't really control it if you're getting knockoff shirts like that's on you you know I don't like I don't know where I don't even know where you're even finding these knockoff links it's beyond me so um yeah so I, I still have people sharing the shirts and some folks um will tag me and they'll say like hey give credit you know for the artists and stuff so I'm very lucky in that respect as well that other people close to me or that follow me know it's for me and they want to like credit me and stuff but yeah that was uh that was crazy and then I had my host shirt also Mm. posted by the same people I think they're like that shirt's something it's like that twitter handle yeah they specialize in shirts right like cute yeah yeah like really yeah pretty much like shirts like that yeah um so i'm like oh my god here we go again with this and then um (laughs) but i was more prepared for that one a little Um, less scary when you've done it before (laughs) yeah exactly and you know it's okay so this is a in kind of in line with what we're talking about but i i did my milf shirt and you know with tiktok you just you don't know when something's gonna you know be popular yeah right so it's kind of like any video you're like eh, just throwing it out there you know and i usually like to post like either in the morning or like the afternoon whatever and i i got the shirts in i'm like oh let me just quick little video but I didn't it wasn't launched I was just like preview of like what I'm working on type of thing and then it it went viral and I'm like but and then people were asking like pre-orders pre-orders like we're out of like what is a pre-order like oh my (laughs) I have to learn how to do that yeah yes and that was another lesson that I had to learn I'm like now I know like if you're even attempting to preview something or even if you whatever if you don't just have it as a pre-order at some something you know especially like if it's because this was a whole new design it literally was going to be my next drop you know so um I learned now moving forward I definitely am more prepared for things like that but that was kind of, I felt like it was a 
lost opportunity type of thing. I could have been so much more prepared, but again, you just don't know. So I'm trying not to be hard on myself, but it's just the way your stuff gets attention is so unpredictable and that's why you have to be so ready you know and I, I think that's something a lot of people need to remember that like going viral is great that's sort of like the goal and stuff but you have to be ready f- with everything like shipping materials inventory mentally resources like <laughs> it's a yeah. lot <laughs> well hopefully when someone listens to this they'll be writing notes and they'll think about these when they order you know when they launch something and I will say like as like a little side note to hopefully make you and anyone listening feel a little bit better but like I um I do retreats and I get chances to talk to some really cool people who take my retreats and there's one person who I've buddied up with and they're like a, a big CEO of like a legit company. It's crazy. And they were talking about when they hire an employee that they understand that they're paying a little bit for their mistakes up front, that they budget in that this, that my new employee will have about six months worth of this amount of money mistakes that they'll make. It's like a, it's like part of their breakdown of their quarter and stuff. And I I thought of that and I immediately had this feeling of like, I wish I treated myself with that, like compassion of like, you're going to make mistakes. Like that's how you learn. You have to like budget for them. Maybe not literally as a small business that may not work like that, but like mentally be like, okay, but like I made a mistake and now I learned because the, the reason why a, a CEO would be like, they would consider losing that money, so to speak, is because six months later, that person now has intimately lived through those mistakes. They know better and they'll be able to anticipate it in the future and save money for as long as they work in that position. And so, you know, if we can cut ourselves a break and say like, I did miss out on maybe an opportunity, but I won't do that again. I know that sounds like, again, just kind of like, oh, good advice. But like, that's, you have to realize like you are learning. And when you don't learn an institution that can teach you all those things, like that's how you have to like, I don't know, metabolize that lesson. It's like, it's okay. I I will learn. I'll get better and I won't make it again. But anyways, I'm yeah. Oh my, that was, that was amazing. You like changed my life. That oh, is so no. true. I, I feel like I have been doing that, but I, I like you kind of put it in a perspective that makes sense. Like um, with that, like now I, I don't know for the next time, but it's also um, like if people help me, like I've gotten to the point where like I do need help at markets, like I can't do it by myself. And that's another lesson. I learned that I I was just struggling too much. I was drowning when I was by myself and I'm all like, I just need to, it's worth it to invest in someone to help me, you know? Yeah, another lesson. So now it's just like all these things that I've been just applying, but I didn't know until, you know, I messed up or um, if someone does help me and, you know, they drop a shirt or something and someone steps on some, you know, it's just like all these things that can happen. Like I'm in my head, I'm like, it's okay. Like I'm accounting for it. I've made enough Mm -hmm. um, merch for this, you know, all these things that I kind of already think about. And I thought it was my anxiety. So I'm glad I have CEO tendencies. <laughs> yeah, no, you're just stepping into your CEO mindset when you're doing no, yes, totally. it's a mindset. Oh, good to know. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's, I can't credit that. Cause that, I only learned that a couple of years ago, but it's like given me kind of a perspective of like, I'm just going to budget for my mistakes. And like, instead of like beating myself up, I'm like, okay, last part of this quarter's budget. Like I'm a human, I make mistakes. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing too, with like apparel, mm-hmm. like the colorways and all that stuff. Like 
I, when I first started, I love color. Like it's really in my art. And I just assume people are going to want colorful like apparel too. And it's been, it was the hardest thing to sell. Yeah. So, so hard. And now I'm sort of, I'm at a point now where I already know what does well for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the beginning, it was, it was tough. A learning curve, but yeah, you're, it sounds like you're learning a lot and you're, and not only are you learning it, but you often share it with your audience, which kind of brings me to like our, my last like question for you or last, you know, thing I would love to hear you talk about and, you know, kind of even talking about our last point, um, you know, you were saying that when you had these things blow up, like people knew who you were, they knew to tag you, they knew to give you credit, which by the way, if anyone's listening, it's really helpful if you see like a big company ripping off like a smaller creator when you tag and share, like, even if it doesn't get taken down right away, like sometimes companies will see like a kerfuffle. I can't find the right word, but like in their comment section about them being like losers who rip people off <laughs> and sometimes they'll take it down. But in a lot of times people yeah, will see yeah. the original and they'll go to that person because people are good and ethical at their core, I think. And so um, when you do that, like, yeah. thank you so much. But it brings me to this point about like, I have a theory that, you know, you have to have a brand that's as recognizable to the same ratio of your capacity to go viral, if that makes any sense. But I think you do that really well because I, not only do you show your work really well, and again, it doesn't have to be like some flashy, you know, but you, you do, you, you're very relatable and you're also like hilarious, which like, I'm so jealous. I wish I was just as casually funny as you are, but like you make um, content about being in a, uh, you know, in the market and just like your grasp on social media is so like playful and joyful. And I feel like that echoes in your brand. I'm curious, is that like really intentional or are you just like really cool? And you're just like casually making TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because if my friends heard this, <laughs> I think, I think it's just, just being wanting to just be relatable and make other people feel like again like if you look like me you can relate to me in any way like this is possible like it's not I don't have investors giving me thousands of, and again there's nothing wrong with people who have that type of resource it's just that you know there's behind the camera behind the numbers it's just really people that you would be friends with in real life and I've learned that too I mean like talking to you too like you know you see like you're following or something and I'm like oh my god like hearing that you like admire my work it's like and then I know it's like the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take a compliment <laughs> I know we'll just get caught in a loop and it'll never end <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly um I just I like I like the brand to feel like an actual community that even my photo shoots I go on Instagram and I ask who's free the only requirement is you're not camera shy. That's it. Like I want just people to feel like this is my friends. And it is like, it really is inspired by my friends and, or people that I would be friends with, you know, I feel like the people who support the brand would ultimately support each other or, you know, um, I know I just like, I've had people at markets just like really open up to me and, sometimes I guess like trauma dump and I kind of hate saying that but I, I do open up the space for people to do that and yeah. I even had people ask like is it okay if I do you know whatever um they're all like I've had a really like tough year but like seeing this like normalizes you know and I'm like yeah it's um 
it's okay like to cry or stuff and like I I did a normalized crying in public sticker and that's I saw that I love, like, I love that so I showed my husband and I was like I need to put like five of these on the back of my car <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah exactly and that's just inspired by like friends crying at brunch or something you know it's just like these are all real life things and just like you know um doing it in a funny like playful way as and like colorful way and I don't know just like uh, recognizing that it's tough and you know but also seeing like other people are going through it as well you know and it's yeah okay to feel that way and and all of that but thank you for um the compliments and I like I like to think I'm cool <laughs> yeah you, you are so funny I hope people follow especially if you love like art craft fair culture like I I've done enough of them now that like, I just, I don't know. I mean, you're funny, even if you don't have that context, but they are, they like hit right at the soul. But I think that's like your superpower <laughs> though. Cause like, even like that comes across in your TikToks, but that also is like, I think what makes your art so like sweet and vulnerable. Cause like the thing about humor is like, you kind of have to ha be like aware at least of vulnerabilities. That's why humor works. Not that I'm like some great comedian, but I admire comedians tremendously. And I feel like with your, you know, your graphic design, yeah. your, your affirmations is that there is this like sensitivity and tenderness. And I think the fact that you're using like crass words, like, you know, slut and hoe and milk, like it offsets it in yeah. a way that I think makes it so unique, but it's so funny. Cause it, it very much ties back to like, in the beginning where you're talking about, like, you have this, like, um, background in childcare, I think part of why I love your work so much too, is because I'm always telling my kids and especially like, I have a little boy, I'm always telling him like, it is okay to cry. Like crying is natural. It's human. I, I feel better after a good cry. Sometimes like crying is great. And I think, I think enough people are like picking up on like, we're moving in that direction culturally that you're just like right spot, right time. You're exactly who you need to be. And it's just like, it's just working. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, no. And I, I've had uh, friends buy it for their kids as well. Like the, I have a cool kids cry, so it's like not mm -hmm. as intense as other ones, um, but they're able to like buy it for, I hear a lot of for their sons. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that like opens up a conversation for them to be vulnerable and, you know, telling them like, you know, it's okay and it's cool. And so, and it's, I've had like young kids come, I'd say like nine or 10 or something yeah. to my booth. And they'll like point to something and like their moms kind of get like embarrassed. They're like, oh, let's keep looking around. Yeah. And they're like, uh, how do I, do I need to make a yeah. out of this? What do I do? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I just, but I just think that's like cool too, just that they, they get the message too, you know? And um, I, I try to have a little bit of everything where it's just like, it doesn't push kids away or, you know, people with kids. Um, I, that's why I have kind of, I still have the affirmation decks and some stickers are still technically like kid friendly and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in general, like no matter the product, like it just opens up that conversation, you know, even like with friends or yeah. I, and I get people who are like, oh, my sister needs this or my, my friend is going through something right now. And, and it's always like, I always hear people think of someone else yeah. when they see like my products and I'm just like, I love that because it's you know you it's showing empathy it's showing like what the message is like they want to 
make someone else feel better or remind other people um, that they're enough or, you know, they're worthy or they should love themselves and things like that. So it's just, it's really nice to see the way customers interact with my, my work um, and inspiring as well. Like it really has inspired um, my work and new products, designs and things like that. A lot of designs I, I love feedback on, like I'll post it on Instagram stories. So I, I think that's why I like it to feel again, like it's friends, like I'm talking to friends. I'm like, do you like this color? Yes or no, you know, or, you know. Yeah. So I sort of want to keep that vibe going as, as long as I can and hopefully not, you know, compromise. Yeah. That. I love that. And if that is not the best like example of like what art should be, you know, you're making something, it's resonating with people, it's inspiring you. Like that is that that's art. Like that's art to a T for me. That's my definition of art. I love that so much. I, I just wanted to say thank you so much for, for chatting with me. And if anyone's listening, like I recommend looking at the designs too while you're listening. I hope I'll put that at the beginning too, but your designs really are fantastic. Is there any other thing you'd like to share? How can people connect with you? the floor is yours yeah so um on socials I am smile called unfortunately an underscore so smile called <laughs> underscore uh for Instagram and I believe it's the same on TikTok smile called two underscores oh no um, <laughs> and then my website is smilecult.co not dot com. This is, I'm just no. You're I, good. I'm I'm dot studio. Don't feel bad. No, we're not shady. Okay. No, no. We're, we love late bloomers. We're good. No, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I love people to reach out. Like on DMs, my DMs are always open on both platforms. Or I like uh, on my website. I have a market schedule, and I put up where I'm going to be at as well, so you could see me in real life or. Yeah, I also have a contact page on my website. Any questions or yeah, so I'm yeah. available. And where are you going <laughs> in? Are you going to be anywhere in August? Because this will come out really quick. So do you have anywhere? Oh, yes. Um, I'll be at Outside Lands in August. So if anyone is going, the lineup is pretty good. I'm looking forward to seeing Lana Del Rey. Uh, yeah. I love her. Um, <laughs> and other bands. Too, <laughs> you're like waffle house thing i don't know if you saw that i love that i did i thought that was so random i'm like ugh, i love i mean it's very I'm on like, please take the waffle house yeah i know exactly yeah. i'm like i hope she wears the shirt like the waffle house outfit <laughs> um, but other than that i might have i that's my biggest thing is uh outside lands and then i i my online shop stays open so if you can't make it there i'll definitely just be online yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you for sharing. I know that if I had listened to this episode before I ever did my first art fair, it would have helped me tremendously because I'm a slow learner, unfortunately. So thank you for your advice and your wisdom and sharing your energy. Of course. With um, I also wanted to say thank you so much for everyone's feedback, whether you are sharing the podcast on social media or you're leaving a review. Both of those things are incredibly helpful for podcasts, especially ones like the Not Sorry Art Podcast, which is in its first season. So I wanted to say thank you to everyone who has taken the time to share on Instagram and TikTok and also to encourage you to leave a review. Not only is the feedback incredibly helpful, but I will read off your handle if you leave it in your review on next week's episode. Thank you again for all the great feedback and and happy creating.